Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Who are you, some American cowboy? No Hans, just a cow in the ointment. Hey gang, hey, what's up? Kevin Goatee here, brand new episode. This week we've got Josh from Films in That Podcast calling in from merry old England. That's right, Josh hates his fellow countryman, Sasha Baron Cohen, as he chose... Borat. Yes, Borat. The first one, not the second one. We know that one stinks. So, before we get to it, guttingthesacredcow.com. Make sure you go over there, get yourself a hat, bag, merch, whatever you want to grab. It's Mother's Day around the corner, right? And, of course, Gutting the Sacred Cow is now in the metaverse. So, go on there, watch us there, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com to advertise with us. And, please, support us with... The, uh, of course, everyone's favorite sponsor, and that is Athletic Greens, athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. And without any further waiting around, any further dicking around, let's go see what Josh can try and take down Borat. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. It's not so much as me as it is Ronick. He's good. Kevin Israel, name that film. Wow, you even gave me a character name. Ronick. Or did I give you a, a character name? Well, you gave me something that should should key me off, but you've seen this nothing. movie you've seen this movie countless times. Say it again? Say it's, not so, again. it's not so much as me as it is Ronick. He's good. Yeah, I don't know. Our guest today is Josh Hallam from across the pond. Did I say that right? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Excellent. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Josh, welcome to the show. Do you know what film that quote is from? So it sounds. No, I don't know off the top of my head. Let's see if I can guess. So it's. A, it sounds fantasy because it's. But it's not a, a, a more well-known fantasy. So it's not like Star Wars or The Rings. Is it something obscure like? Uh, what's the one with Warwick Davis in it? Uh, oh, what's it called? Willow? Willow. Willow. Is it something like that? It sure as shit isn't Willow because I turned uh, it off when well. I was 10 years old. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> I like, but I like, I like his analysis. It's I like very, him really going in. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know it. It's, <laughs> it, it's very like cold uh, case profiler-esque. I like, I like, yeah. the, I like the cut of your chip. The both of you could not be more wrong. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a bonus. It's not so much of me says Ronick. He's good. This one's for super fan number 99. Make his head bleed. Is that um uh? That's not J- Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, is it? No, it is not. The answer. I know, I know where you're coming from, though. The answer is Swingers, where they're playing hockey. Oh, no, I, I haven't seen Swingers in so long. Really? Oh, that's that. that <laughs> no, was I, haven't, always... I haven't. I bet I haven't seen Swingers in over a decade. Here's one for Super Fan Number Ninety Nine over here. God, I love that film. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Isbell. We are back, and boy. 
We are excited to have, like I had mentioned before, Josh Hallam from England. Josh, what are you up to? Where are you cut? What's what are you up to? Like, what's what what's uh what do you want to you know tell everybody where we can find you and what your podcast is yeah, and all that good so, stuff. Yeah, so I'm part of a podcast uh, called Just Films and that we talk about underrated and underseen films. Sometimes we talk about films that are classics to see if they hold up or if they deserve to be a classic. We have guest ones as well. We have list of suggestions, all things films. We're sort of revisiting things, seeing did it deserve you know what it got at the time is it or or does it deserve to have a bit more of a light shone onto it you know so we we try and be optimistic about stuff which is it's going to be good for me to come on this because it's therapeutic you know because i'm always <laughs> trying to find the good in films whereas now i can't fucking wait to just you know go oh. in on something <laughs> so what's what's the what's your most underrated film so we we've just done our 100th episode which will be out next Congrats. week so i'm not sure thank you and uh, and and we did one and it got zero so <laughs> mathematically, I said, well, it has to be that because it got and it wasn't even, you know, when they've got no reviews, where they've got not enough to make a, a percentage on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. It wasn't even that. It was it was zero. It's actually voted as zero. Revenge so. of the Nerds 2. <laughs> no, it was a film which I, I don't even know if it would have made it to you guys called Kevin and Perry Go Large. Uh, sorry, we don't watch gay porn on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's why it did. Uh, no, um, it's, it's like a bad British comedian called Harry Enfield. And um, it's a character he did in a sketch show. So very British. Don't think it would have translated that well yeah. in, the, in the American market. So that got zero percent. And we sort of said there, there are issues with it. Like it's aged really badly, like a lot of films from about 20 years ago, sort of around the American pie times and stuff like that but uh don't you dare be smirch american pie because you no, will no, have not two angry yanks on your ass <laughs> fuck me beautiful not, I'm, I'm not it's not it's not american pie that's the problem it's the fact that that was successful and hollywood went why don't we do that over and over again until people stop going and then it just they did so we did a film um, and then they started putting on dvd directly <laughs> yeah so have you ever seen uh, there's a film that we did called 40 days and 40 nights with yeah Hart, drew barrymore yeah don't, don't bother uh, that it's um it was it's a no um it's aged really badly like everyone in it is exact is sex crazed to the point where at the end of the film spoilers if you i'm not saying a 20 year old film is he gets raped and it's a funny it's like they make it all right yeah, yeah yeah i remember and that being like, an issue you're yeah. watching going fucking hell <laughs> well <laughs> josh has come on not to talk about british films that will never make nope. in america he's talking about a british character who made it huge in america and that yep. is 2006 Borat, a budget of $16 million, a gross of $262.6 million, 2022 money, excuse me, a $22.5 million budget, $368.7 million gross. Kevin Israel, how do you respond to that? That's, that's decent. <laughs> Master wordsmith, you continue to be. <laughs> IMDB, as we all know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points involved. Hey, Josh, what do you think that Borat scored on the IMDB? Well, I've got it in front of me. Well, so, then don't uh, answer. Uh, don't answer. <laughs> don't answer. Kevin Israel, what do you think that Borat scored on the IMDB? I feel like now I'm the only one not invited to the party. Um, Eight one seven four. All right, all right, I'll take it. Rotten Tomatoes. Let's go to Josh the Cheater. Josh, what did the critics give Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> one through one hundred. Again, I've got it in front of me. Kevin I, Israel, I, I, what did the critics <laughs> give Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> Critic score. Um, eighty-eight. 
90. Very close. All right. All right. Close. All right. Close. How about the audience score, Kevin Israel? 93. 79. Oh, really? Wow. The critics like this more than the audience. That's I'm shocking. floored. Floored. Shocking. Now, some films have very little quotes, as in the uh, yeah. last one we did, which was the, oh, my God, what was the last week's episode? Oh, Return of the Jedi. Not many quotes. This film is uh, an entire page of quotes. I would feel remiss <laughs> if I did not. And I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of them. And I'm sure you guys have 14 more that you want to add. Verkin is the town rapist. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> Head- heading to Capital City on weekends and watch women make a toilet. That always gets me. No hand relief. How is my back, pussy? Listen, pussycat. Smile a bit to the feminist. Always <laughs> a crowd good. pleaser. That was great. <laughs> Can we follow her back and make sexy time? No, you can't. It's not good for me. We said the driving instructor. <laughs> and, I mean, this one is an all that driving instructor was like the best sport in the world. Oh, he was. <laughs> and the uh, comedy coach. And uh, this one is probably on the Hall of Fame of the top 100 quotes of all time. Her vagine hangs like wizard sleeves. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that, was a, that was a saying before this movie, though, wasn't it? I do not he, remember that. I could be wrong. He, but. I, I, I need to look that up because I don't think he invented that saying. In the UK, that is a saying. Is it? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. All right. Fair enough. Do not fear me, Gypsy. I'm here for your tears. You'll give them to me. Or I'll take them from you. Is this understood? <laughs> what is up, Vanilla Face? We're just a couple of pimps, no hoes. <laughs> this is my favorite son, Huey Lewis. He grew three centimeters next to the guy <laughs> with the dick hanging. In my country, they would go crazy for those two. Her? Not so much. Why you call police as the retard escapes? <laughs> I have iPod mini. He, uh, sorry, I have iPod. He has iPod mini. Everybody knows iPod mini is for girls. Kevin, what quotes do you have that jumped out? I just pulled one that, I've, that we actually used to say and that I still say once in a while. King of the castle, king of the castle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my sister's favorite one. Josh, how about you? Well, quotes from the film. Uh, no, uh, quotes, yeah. from the, quotes from the fucking British uh, Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> there isn't one. We're very disloyal. Um, <laughs> so um, that about you. the only ones I can remember are all the ones that I don't know if you guys had this uh, on your side of the pond, but, you know, like things like it's nice and all that. It was, it yeah. was turn, they were turned into ringtones. I don't know if in, in, in the UK you can buy, you used to be able to buy ringtones and people's phone would go off and it'd be like Yoda laughing or it'd be <laughs> yeah. Borat saying it's nice. And then for years, for a couple of years, it was massive. And then the iPhone came in and it stopped and everyone went to the normal ringtones. But I just remember being on buses and trains and phones going, it's nice. And it's like, oh, it's the oh. worst. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, so maybe I shouldn't play more. When people text me, this is what happens. Wait, it's on vibrate. Sorry. <laughs> See, that's cool, though. That Transformers. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. It's different than a quote, though, isn't it? It's like, but I feel I'd like that, that, that's... I'd, rather, I'd rather have that than my phone going, yeah, baby, when I go on. Like, it's just. I just, I remember because, like, the, the whole, like, not thing, like, that was a, that exists, that was when I was in high school. That, like, that was an actual thing. Yeah. And then this movie came out trying to make fun of it, but then people were imitating Borat, so not became a thing again. And it was like, uh, we have to live through this again, and it's the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now on to five fun facts. 
Five fun facts, 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 five fun facts. Can I don't think this is in front of you. And if it is, Josh, I'll be fucking amazed that you're an amazing researcher and almost as good as I am on my own show. Here you are. How many times do you boys think that the police got called on Borat during filming? Um, so I think I did read it whilst I was you reading motherfucker. it. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Is it? I like it. Someone want to guess? I, please go ahead. It's like, is it in the 90s? It's like 91, 92, something like that. Kevin Israel. I, I mean, now I've, I was going to say something like 50, but. You could still say 50 and you might be yeah, right. I, it's 55, <laughs> but now I know it's wrong. But now you are wrong. It is 92. 92 that's, fucking yeah, times. That's, that's insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a guest come as prepared to I am in our own five foot facts or or IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes. Usually IMDb. Some people go, oh, I get you. Motherfucker, I've got more pages than you. It's not a size contest. Yeah, three centimeters, guys. It's my favorite son, Huey Lewis. (laughs) The suit that Sasha Baron Cohen wore while playing Borat was never cleaned, not once, and it sure shows. I 100% believe that. (laughs) Sasha Baron Cohen angered the crowd at Virginia's Salem Civic Center so much they nearly rioted. He would have been shot if he'd stayed a minute longer. After the rodeo incident, director Todd Phillips quit. (laughs) As in the guy who did Hangover, Joker, (laughs) Road Trip, Road Trip. Uh, Seth Rogen and Patton Oswalt were uncredited writers on the film. Huh. Yeah, they used to write for the LG show as well. I I knew Seth Rogen. I did not know Patton Oswalt was a a ghostwriter. Number five, this one cracked me up. The Mississippi news producer who accidentally booked Borat was fired. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that sucks. That's harsh. Hey, can I, can I know this is unusual? Can I add something? Of course you um, can. There's a, there's a great, and I'm not going to go through them all, but there's a great salon article that they did in like 2008 or 2009 that goes through all of the scenarios and tells you which were real and which were staged and, and everything. And it, if you're listening to this and you want to check, cause I, I, every time I see this movie, I'm like, wonder which ones of these are real. But the, uh, the one that comes sticks out most is obviously Pam Anderson was in on the joke. Yeah. He, like that wasn't, he would have been in jail for that. <laughs> well, there are, there are four people act. This was another bonus one, but since we're in the giving mood and it's not Christmas, we'll do it. There are four actors who were in on the entire way that it was in fact, a joke. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen, obviously the producer, Pam Anderson. And the fourth one, the Huey Lewis, the the gay, the gay, I guess a gay porn star with this dick hanging out. That dude was in on no. the was in on that. The prostitute also was. She oh, Lunell five. That's right, five. Yeah, Lunell. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, she's been around forever, Lunell. Yeah. And that being that, let's go. And I apologize, folks, because I just whipped. I forgot to do this. I should have done it yesterday because we're taping on 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 Saturday, which is not our usual day. So we're going to have a very limited ask a gutter. <laughs> Ask a gutter. You gotta ask a gutter. And the only one we have right now is Matt Dawson, who writes, ah, we just did an episode on Barat on Club Dial, so it's fresh in my mind. So what would you do if you were one of the security guards deployed to break up the naked hotel fight? <laughs> <laughs> 
My answer um, is jump tag right in and go Ali Ali oxen free with a semi hard on. <laughs> yeah, grab the baby oil. <laughs> I would kids. I would start looking for a new job. <laughs> I would just sit there with my phone out and go, would you look at that? <laughs> Goatee would go, well, this is just another Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I too messing? <laughs> Josh, how about you? Anything jump out? Any uh, any good answer to that, or just what would I do? Well, I guess uh, yeah. I hope that I hope you could break it up quickly. Go for the feet, maybe. <laughs> Try to get the feet. That's the worst part. <laughs> well, who are you, Quentin Tarantino? You pervert. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, no, yeah. Try and get the feet from under them. I guess I don't know. Try and try and not touch the naughty areas. <laughs> I feel like they were all naughty areas. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's excruciating, that scene, isn't it? Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Well, if we get more Ask a Gutters, we'll throw them in there as we go along. Well, of course, Kevin, we got to talk about our, our, our sponsor, of course, Athletic Greens. You know it. You love mm-hmm. it. Jess had one today with a bagel, uh, bacon, egg, and cheese on an egg bagel. Had that to wash it down. <laughs> that's Ooh. how they intended it. <laughs> <laughs> one thing is healthy. The other one was not. It's less than $3 a day, ironically less than my bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel sandwich, mind you. Lifestyle-friendly, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, keto, less than one gram of sugar, Kevin, did you have your daily glass of Athletic Greens today? Of course I did. It's a day with a Y in it. I kick <laughs> off it every morning with a cold glass of Athletic Greens, and it's a, it's a great way. It substitutes for my cup of coffee. It gives me focus. It gets me ready for the day, and I don't get the jitters like I do from coffee. So it gets you all those vitamins and minerals without the, uh, the shakes that, uh, that coffee gives you. And the shakes of having an awful drink to choke down the taste. Yes. Pretty absolutely. damn good. Pretty damn good. 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by, by professional athletes. And the founder created this when he tried to create a, a similar uh, supplement routine. It cost him 100 bucks a day. This cost you less than three. And guess what? When you go to athleticgreens.com slash GTSC, you're going to get, because we're so damn special and VIP, one-year supply free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, fine friends, is go to athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. Back to it. Now, it's time for Josh to try and, boy, Josh, I'd say that we've had a <laughs> lot of high mountains to climb for our guests from the films that they have chosen. I don't think it's as high as Back to the Future or Return of the Jedi, but shit, this is a uh, this this is going to be a tough one. It is now Someone time Back to the Future. Someone <laughs> tried to do Back to the Future. What a heartless monster! <laughs> you know, David, the th- producer. I hope you're listening. There were a lot of adjectives used. Heartless monster did not make the cut, but don't worry, we had someone that frequency level of hatred come through. <laughs> Josh, it is now your turn to gut. Gut. The, the sacred, sacred cow. Okay, so my first point, I suppose, about Bora is that I don't find, I just don't find it that funny. One of the main issues I have with it is that I couldn't, I couldn't see some of the jokes. Having said that, I was like 14 when it came out, so I guess maybe I might have been a little young. Maybe I couldn't see the subtlety to it. The main issue I had is the reaction. Every now and then, a film comes out, and it gets taken over by the masses. And before you know it, everyone is quoting it, and everyone is talking about it, to the point where the jokes, it stops being funny. 
Do you know what I mean? I, I, I feel like it stopped being funny. So I think it's intended to be a subtle sort of satire and a comedy poking fun at the more sort of bombastic parts of subculture and that sort of thing. But it became just people going, it's nice. And, and then, like I said, buying mankinis. The joke about the mankini was like, look how stupid he looks. And then that people would actually consider doing this. And then people reacted by buying it. And it was like, what a stupid reaction. It's supposed to be stupid, not make you want to go and do it. I just did. I just didn't. I didn't get it. I also struggle with some of the humor in it. I think it's lowest common denominator in some ways. Like, so it's, it, it's almost can't make up its mind. Is it shock humor? Is it embarrassment humor? Is it satire? And it can't pick one. And I know that some comedies pick more than one and end up, and end up doing it all sort of quite well. But for me, I, I think it misses the mark a little bit. I do have an issue with shock humor as well. Um, I think it's a bit, I think it's, it's, it's a bit easy in some ways. I think it's low hanging fruit, you know, I think to make things like jokes about things like AIDS or incest, like the films does, I'm not like a prude. I'm not got a problem with it. It doesn't shock me or offend me or anything like that. I just feel like it's lazy. I feel like it's easy. I feel like anyone could, could, could do it. And, and it's a little bit easy in that sense. It then hides behind being a, a satire, so to speak, to, to apply sort of shock tactics. Like the, the bit where he goes to the feminist alliance, for example. I understand that you are still giving them a platform, but I think a good satire doesn't punch down. It has to punch up. And it does in some senses. And I don't mind things where people, if people are putting themselves in a position to be mocked, like, for example, the sort of is the rally or whatever it is he goes to with, with the guns and stuff. Or if you want to poke fun at celebrities and stuff like that, I don't mind that. But I do think those women in that alliance are sort of trying to fight a good fight. And I feel like he's trying to do their legs a bit, a little bit, like he's trying to undermine them a little bit. Um, and it comes a little bit, and this is sort of a problem. I don't know if you guys have this in the States, but it comes a little bit from a smugness. There's a real, I have a bit of an issue with Sasha Baron Cohen in that I find him a little bit smug. When I was prepping for this, I was watching interviews with him and he was sort of reveling in the times when he'd done stuff that's offensive enough to like get, like get him in trouble. But also like you say, someone getting fired because they booked him and, and he duped that person. He affected that person's livelihood. And I, I have a bit of an issue with that. Again, I, I'm sounding like a, I'm not doing the UK any favours. I'm sounding like a right sort of stiff up like slip snob, aren't I? But, you know, it's just what I think. Hey, Harry Isn't Styles, it? get a sense of humour about you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so if Prince William's a, a personal friend of everybody in the UK. Um, but no, and, and I hope so. You're paying him 60% of your taxes. <laughs> there's, a, there's an issue in the UK with British elitism. It, what, what I mean by that is Sasha Baron Cohen is from a wealthy family. He went to Cambridge. He probably, I think he went to a private schools. He's always had money. So I feel like to, to do this sort of comedy when you come from wealth is punching down. Like I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it, but then that is an issue with British comedy on the whole. There is not really it, this day and age. There's not loads of working class British voices. I do. I think you do get that in the States in some senses, but I don't think you get it in the UK. A lot of mm. British comedians and writers that you see have all been to the same universities. There's like two universities they've all been to. And, and essentially that gives them the upper hand on other people and then they go in at that level and I, yeah, I have we, 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 we have a, a very big mixture of different educational yeah. levels and styles here in america for the comedy writers i mean but i mean to be fair though kind of you know keying on your point all the simpsons writers went to fucking harvard yeah but a lot yeah, of the great yeah, snl writers are a lot of them are harvard educated yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and then yeah and then, and then you have the thing like in the states with like a lot of people go to julia don't they and that's how 
or you know, or the other one wants to is it Actors Studio? But, you know, those sorts of schools, those elite schools that take fifty people a year or whatever. And if you don't get into them, you've not really got a chance. Or you, you know, you get people who every now and then break through. And there are people in the UK. There's not no one. Like for example, like Ricky Gervais. Like he, mm-hmm. I don't think went to Oxford or Cambridge. I think he did pretty well for himself. But there are a lot of them, and I just struggle with that elitism a little bit. And Sasha Baron Cohen is is no different to that. Um, well, then listen, chimney sweep, stop making a big stink about it. Get back to your job. Put that cucumber sandwich down, right? <laughs> pour, pour the tea away. <laughs> and go get a job. Um, but another issue is when I was reading about the film, and I didn't know this, but apparently, and I haven't verified this, but I have read it, that they, they, they might have exploited people a little bit. So the village that is in Kazakhstan is a village in Romania. And I believe they tried to take the filmmakers to court and said he paid them like a dollar a day. And I think I have, a, again, I have a bit of an issue with a really rich guy from private education going to Romania and going, <laughs> look how fucking poor they are. Look, what a <laughs> shithole. It's awful, isn't it? <laughs> like, I just think, you know, it's not their fault. Like you're exploiting them a little bit. You're poking fun of them a little bit, and I, and I have I have a bit of an issue with that. Um, but yeah, I don't he didn't he bring expo- that guy home on arm. <laughs> yeah, he did. He brought the the, the fist, the rubber fist, in oh, his asshole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think he was exploiting them. I thought you were going to go down the, the the path of well, they went down to the south and show those dumb fucking hillbillies. You know no. what time it was? That I thought you was your argument. I don't think they made them all look out to be because they didn't have speaking parts. They didn't have a chance to hang yeah. themselves. So I thought it was just like they were just all a bunch of background actors or whatever, and it wasn't yeah. a, a big thing. But all right, I know what you mean. No, I can completely see what you mean. I guess it's not them that exploit, and it's more, it's more poking fun of their way of life or using their way of life as a reference point for a country that that he, he is saying is you know. A poor country. I don't really know. I'm not an expert on Kazakhstan. It's the one country I'm not an expert on. That's the one. Yes. So, by the way, by the way, <laughs> after this film came out, they said like tourism shot up like three or four hundred percent in Kazakhstan. Yeah. So this well, film for it to jump up three or four hundred percent. That means six people went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for the uranium plant, please. Ah, there we are. <laughs> are you I, I hear you have well the best because... potassium. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you have a deal on iPod minis. <laughs> Well, you'd be disappointed, though, wouldn't you? Because this was filmed in Romania. It wasn't filmed no, no. in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Go, yeah. Where's the village? I've paid, I paid $4 for my flights. Or Can you imagine um, you're like one of those assholes who go to the fucking New Zealand to see the Shire, Lord of the Rings, but you're, <laughs> but you're, you're a super fan of Borat, and you're like, let's go to Kazakhstan. You actually take time off of work and have to do three connecting flights to get there, and then you're Swagglefoost. I think you're the dumbass if that's the person <laughs> yeah. that you end up being. Yeah, so I suppose he exploited dumb people and made them want to go to Kazakhstan. So that's another point. <laughs> Fuck him. No, um, <laughs> the, the, I also, again, another thing I have an issue with, and this is very of the time. I struggle a little bit with bothering normal people to make comedy. I know that, again, I'm sounded like a right prude, like a real, well, just comedy should just be intelligent writing, and that's it and nothing else. I'm not saying that. I just think... You know, when they're just going about their business and they're like, if they're working in the service industry or like the driving instructor, like you said, that driving instructor was a great sport. But like that's, I don't know, I have a bit of an issue with poking fun at people who are just trying to get on. I don't mind people who are putting themselves in as a, putting a target on their backs, like the people, at the, you know, the guy is really misogynistic or the guy is really racist with the guns and stuff like that. I don't mind that. I don't even mind like in Bruno when he, when he, when Harrison Ford tells him to fuck off. Like I find that funny because the celebrities, this sort of comes with the job and comes with the money and all that sort of thing. But when well, you, must really, you, you business, must have, you must have really loved Candid Camera then. 
Well, yeah, I don't know. Like, think, I, I guess it's of the time. Same thing. It? You don't, yeah, no, it is. It is absolutely the same thing. You don't really get, I guess it's back to the punching down point, isn't it? Like, I don't mind something like, you remember Punked? Of course. And that was like, you know, it's famous people and it's a prank or whatever. But then I guess when it's normal people, I don't know. I suppose it's the context. It's the context, isn't it, where he's bothered? I suppose there are issues. I you know, when he's just trying to speak to the guys in the street, I don't necessarily mind that. But when he's going up to like just a woman and ha as if she's a sex worker, and be like, how much? It's a bit, I find that a little bit demeaning. I think that goes over the line a little bit. What? Wait, wait till I show you your point. Don't you think those people all signed releases and got money for this? Yeah, but I still, I still think this. But they could have said, "Fuck you, I'm not signing in this. I'm not gonna, and it's not gonna be in your film." So they, yeah, are, yeah, they they're okay could. with it to a point. Then, yeah, I guess so. I guess it's like lawyer. If I was, if I was one of those three students, you know, the guys, the frat boys, <laughs> it makes them like insane. Like so, fair place for signing the release form and like it's in here and, and say like. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I guess they're all good sports, aren't they? But I suppose there are some good sports, good yeah. sports. Those three assholes. The only thing they can do for the rest of their lives is manage a bowling alley at nighttime. Or fucking they are actually the, what that was the scene when I was like, I need to look this up and see if this was real. Because I was like, this one, they're definitely in on the joke. And they were not. No. <laughs> is that and I'm shocked that they agreed where their parents agreed for them to sign. Well, they sued. They sued. And then the suit got thrown out. <laughs> yeah, there were a number of suits that got thrown out related to this, but still, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I have, um, I suppose the other thing as well is when you're bothering people in the street, you know, like when someone's in heavy makeup and and they're going up to normal people who don't know they're in a film or whatever, and then and then it's like, you didn't know they were making a film, you idiot. You've been duped by this person. And I'm a bit like, it reminds me of people, you know, of course you've been duped. He's a very good actor. Um, he's in really good makeup and he's carrying himself really well. Of course you would think it was real. Like I used to live with a guy and he was, he was really good at, you know, when the people like try and convince you of something, it's a bit like the not joke. And then it's really easy to convince them. So like, I remember saying once to him, have you had your hair cut? He said, yeah. And I said, Oh, have you, have you, have you dyed it? Have you dyed your hair? Because he had really blonde hair, and I was, and he was like, "Yeah," and, and I was like, "Oh right, <laughs> no, you fucking idiot, I haven't." It was like, "But you've just convinced me of a really easy to convince someone right. thing." Like if you, if it, like if you that show me, just got that show just got greenlit at Netflix, but mine yeah. won't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, so you know like, what that that point goes to. Whenever I, I we've talked about this on the podcast before. Whenever there's a twist at the end of a movie, but they did nothing to. To, offer the audience yeah. a bit of insight into that twist is it really a twist if you weren't able to yeah. somehow predict it it's a payoff they don't deserve isn't it right it's that sort of thing it's like it's like if you went if i went to you oh my my dad's an accountant and you went is he and i went no you fucking idiots like you don't know my dad but it's like quite <laughs> right. believable do you know what i mean it's not it's not like i'm going my dad's um my, my dad's got four heads like and if you went oh is he and i went no you idiot like that's, <laughs> how can he fit the, how can he fit those four heads down a chimney when he's sweeping with you it's a family business right he can't he just he does the bit at the bottom and i go to the top <laughs> he shouts out encouragement <laughs> to you he, he makes the tea and keeps mary poppins entertained <laughs> how many more stereotypes can we shoehorn in the podcast oh so many we know, know six things about the british yeah. <laughs> go on what are they go on yeah oh and two and wars against america yeah <laughs> And you drive on the wrong side of the street, yeah, you yeah. freaks. We've all got bad teeth, and London is the only place anybly lives. No. <laughs> the not. teeth parts, the teeth parts, true though. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, I high prices like 10 you, years. Yeah. But I still got bad teeth. You do look like um, you have good teeth, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I spent some time in America. I didn't really. Attaboy. Oh, look <laughs> what you did. You're trying to dupe us. Punch him down, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the other. Yeah. So, the other issue is, again, I don't. I have a bit of an issue with Sasha Baron Cohen. I do think he's a bit smug about stuff. I don't, you know, I don't know him as a guy. Despite the fact he's British, we've not met. He's, you know, we didn't go to the same school, so I'm not allowed to speak to him. And um, so again, I saw an interview with him where he's talking about, he was talking about the things he's done, you know, in, in his characters and stuff. And he was quite smug about the fact that he really upset Kazakhstan. But I do think, and I'm not really invested in the reputation of the country Kazakhstan or anything like that, but he probably did. Uh, again, I get the tourism point, but the other side of it is I, I've been in there when you're from a place and people only know certain things about the place and it really does your head in. It really irritates you when all they can quote is, oh yeah, like that one thing. And I think that probably happened to Kazakhstan. Like I imagine people have gone, it's nice. There's only Kazakhstani people that you just think, oh fucking hell, there's so much more to the country than that. Like I'm from a town that is the butt of a joke uh, by a comedian. So if ever I tell anyone where I'm from, they go, oh, and they, and they quote the joke and it's like, yeah, it's like it just kills the conversation. It's you like, mean like kind of like, kind of like Kevin? How we hear? Oh, you're from Jersey. Oh, Joyzy. What exit? <laughs> no one ever says that. That's on a t-shirt. That's on a t-shirt. Or the, all they can say is Sopranos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> but no, the what? Yeah. The, the Joy- Jovi. Yeah. Or the Joyzy thing. No one has ever said that in their lives. Who live in this state? It's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, what else you got there, sir? And. Um, it's a bit repetitive. I think like it's one joke that fish out of water and I'm stumbling around irritating people. It's one joke. And I get it's a short film. It's not a long film. So it's not like it's not. But I don't find it like it weighs too heavy or anything like that, but it is repetitive. OK, um, so I, I do find it a little bit like that whole fish out of water and I'm wandering around irritating people. It's one joke and it kind of goes and goes. So maybe I'd like to have seen him done a bit more with it. And I guess ultimately it's probably not age that (laughs) (laughs) and my last point is yeah it's it's not my last point is i suppose two two points a it's i don't think it's aged that well so like some of the some of the films and and things like a little bit like like i say american pie not american pie specifically although there is that bit where they all watch a a teenage girl and it's a bit uh, a bit weird they're teenagers (laughs) what do you fucking want Would you watch a teenage girl if you're a teenager too? Sure, good. And Chan Elizabeth was 24 when she made that film. So nice try, Sailor. And we didn't have webcams on as a teenager, and we didn't have the no, internet no. speed either. So we just had porn that blew in from the woods and magazines and stuff. Like, yeah, uh, that's did we all? Did we all? Porn is the best. Uh. Yeah, it was like Stand By Me. You just found it, and then you gathered around the treehouse and looked at it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then the other thing is, I guess if you there are elements where he goes to. Uh, you know bits of american subculture which like are things like obsessed with guns or hate hate muslims and all that sort of thing and he he does satirize them and i think it's good to poke fun at anyone who has prejudices but also if you're satirizing them are you also giving them a bit of a platform as well it's a bit of a double-edged sword isn't it are you also not giving them a little bit of voice but that's all i've got i mean it's difficult isn't it ultimately i just don't i just don't find it that funny and i found the legacy of the film a little bit irritating um but you know, whatever. I just, I just, it's subjective, isn't it? Comedy. So if you don't, it doesn't make you laugh. Like another film that I almost picked, which I know you've done before, was like Napoleon Dynamite. Oh like, boy, I fucking hate Jesus. that film. And it's my partner's favorite film. Right? Well, your partner is stupid. <laughs> I'll let her know. She's downstairs. Um, but um, she'll get, honestly, she'll get the first flight over. Um, but um, yeah, so, so I don't find it funny and I cannot see the joke. No. But, 
because there are none. Cool no, there are no. Exactly right. There are no jokes. <laughs> but it does have a cool following, so some people like it, and it's all anyway, it's all subjective, isn't it? At the end of the day, and for me, it's just not my taste. It's not my se- it's not my sense of humor. But that's what I got. So feel free to completely smash it to bits now. No, uh, give me a number <laughs> one to ten, Josh. What you thought of this film? One to ten. Like out of ten, but um, you know, it's probably middle in five. Five. Okay. Yeah, that's don't okay. hate it. Don't, kind of take it. No, I don't. Kind of- it don't. It don't. Yeah, I can understand. Like I don't. I can understand. Like it's a good performance from Sasha Baron Cohen, and there are some elements. And I did laugh a couple of times. You know, some of the quotes you did at the beginning. It is good, but you know, it's just I don't think it's as good as people say it is. But then I actually don't think it's. I don't think some some films they come out and they go straight into you know critics lists and stuff, and then they seem to just disappear. And I don't think this disappeared, but I don't think people are talking about it as much as they used to. So maybe it's not something. It's not like Spinal Tap, you know. I don't think it's it's that level of, you know, its legacy is not that high. Spinal Tap is insanely overrated. Next, Ooh, oh, no. it's so overrated. I've never seen I, it. Don't rush. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's, right. it's one joke. Oh, we'll turn up to an 11. Oh, <laughs> great. It's like, a mockumentary. Okay, I cute. Was, I thought I was listening to some of my friends then. That's such a good English <laughs> it was a good, it was a, He does a great British. <laughs> <laughs> These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. Every day you can listen, find out where we're up to. Our uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash GTSC. We're for five bucks a month. You get to hear Kevin and I do our video reviews, movie reviews. That doesn't happen, which there's a lot of in this film, a lot of it. And, of course, trailer talk, good stuff like that. If you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Notes. He paid $117 for a hotel room a block away from Carnegie Hall in 2006. That is a fucking steal. Because now in 2022, he would need four heroin addicts that they could boot up in the hotel room together and split that hotel room. That is a cheap price. When he... When he got unpacked in the elevator, that is hilariously understated. <laughs> I cracked up. It's so funny how people were making exaggerated faces as he jerked off in front of Victoria's Secrets and then shits in front of a Trump's Tower sign. But homeless people do it every day in the city because I work there and no one gives them the stink eye in real life. Hypocrisy. <laughs> Watching him toy with those feminists was a work of art. Seeing Barack go to a comedy coach made me wonder, hey, Kevin, how many people do you think he had to bring to his graduation class show? <laughs> Joke for our fellow comics out there. He pulls a fifth of vodka out while driving with the driving instructor. Hilarious. Why does this film work? The jokes are fast, furious, sometimes obvious, sometimes not so obvious. I love the weaving in and out of the joke. You're right. Some are punching up. Some are punching down. Some are common denominator. Some are least common denominator. I love how he weaved in and out effortlessly. The fish out of water story has been done a million times. Most of it's shitty. Not this one. There's something oddly lovable about him, despite being a fucking creep. (laughs) The guy who told Borat at the rodeo to shave that, quote, dadgum mustache. We don't trust people like that, do we? to shave that mustache is lecturing him about gays, but that cowboy is wearing a goddamn kerchief. Sounds to me like someone is hiding in plain sight. Borat looks like he smells like a pureed homeless person or has three different types of Axe body sprays on. 
That got uh, that got Josh. When he hangs with those black guys, that's fucking comedy gold. I every time beep beep skeet skeet. Oh, great. It's refreshing that Sasha Baron Cohen can satirize his own culture. I wish other people could do that as well and not get butt hurt. The real question is, and I this and I have the DVD. The deleted scenes I want to see, how many people didn't fall for his shenanigans? That is what I want to see, yeah. where he's told to go fuck himself or get kicked in the dick. It's also hilarious to see him try and kiss dudes to see what guys kind of like, all right, and some guys who are not cool with that cause at all. <laughs> I've done a lot of crazy things, boys, in my life. Some of them I've told about this podcast, but I wish I had the balls to bring a turd in a bag to a dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> that my friends is a 15 on the i don't give a fuck scale watching the realization of what that lady was looking at and her like on her face as she realized what Perfect. it was it was amazing <laughs> the transformation of like oh he's this nice kind yeah. person and he's a fucking creep and then the hooker <laughs> the dinner scene is chock full of belly laughs I don't want to live in a world where two men are running around a hotel naked and that's not the funniest shit you've ever seen. You can sign the <laughs> fuck to get right out of this fine country. Go live in Australia with the rest of the criminals. Right, Josh? No comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen with the extra long black box to shadow out his dong. If I ever do full front on a show and not in the homemade porno I have laying around, I'm demanding that that same size be used for me <laughs> in a show or a film because he got some super respect with that black box. <laughs> Borat's producer. He has a full luscious D cup that most women would murder for. <laughs> I want to know what the rate is, like the going rate, how much you would get paid to be in this, to be fucking, uh, to be a fool by Borat's crew. Like, if you're on one of these stunts, what's the going rate by that? Can you imagine those four fraternity guys having to explain themselves at every job interview until retirement? I hope they're prepared to be the night manager of Taco Bell or the person who's the jizz mopper at the old Times Square movie theaters. <laughs> Oh, by the, by the way, Kev, the uh, the car salesman claims he got one hundred and fifty dollars. Did he at least buy the car from him? No, and he said I had nothing to do with that ice cream truck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this pussy wagon! How I got to get? It's fucking great. Pussy magnet. Pussy magnet. Well, you installed you. the pussy magnet. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> this movie does start to lose steam right after he leaves the fraternity camper. Uh, I did learn something about Pentecostals, though. They're full of $6 haircuts, $35 suits, and dumb dildos who speak in tongues and believe in that shit. <laughs> the kidnapping of Pam Anderson was one big swing and a miss for me. I know it had to leave somewhere or him following her, but that kidnapping thing, it didn't pay off. The first 15, sorry, the last 15 to 20 minutes of this film lose a lot of steam. It really deflates after that scene. The first hour and five minutes are pure nitro gangbusters, straight gas, no fat. Uh, the jokes are top notch. The subtle jokes are great as well as the obvious one. This is the best comedy we have seen in the last 16 years. I implore any of you out there, name a better comedy that has been released since this film. There has not been. The buddy comedy is dead. The cop comedy 
buddy cop comedy is dead. And many of tr- neighbors have tried and failed. Mike and Dave, whatever it is, need dates their wedding. Failed. There has not been a comedy that can sustain laughs throughout like this has since this film. I wanted this sequel, Borat 2, to be at least one-tenth as good. And unfortunately, it was not. That film was fucking terrible. Why? Because this film, he hit on both sides. And when I see signs of just leaning hard on one side and not going back and forth, you'll lose me. If you're going to play the satire role, you got to play it straight down the middle. Don't go fucking veer in one lane and stay there. And that's it. I Okay. I'm not one who usually enjoys sketch character comedy films, but Ali G had two monster films that were both fantastic. This and Barat, his other films stunk. That dictator was a piece of shit. Uh, I love how raw and this uh, how raw it is and how it shines a light on everybody. Again, everyone's fair play. We're comics, Kevin. You know that. Everyone takes shit. That's the way it works. And they shine a light on everybody and he takes a big steaming shit on them equally. A lot of satire films miss the mark. Not this one. Bullseye, baby. Eight and a half out of ten, only because those last 15 minutes or so dragged. Eight and a half out of ten. Love it. Kevin Israel, the floor is yours. I could have given Goatee's entire speech just then because I've heard him give it before. <laughs> because, because I pined for that sequel for so long, and I get it, and I get viciously disappointed. <laughs> so for me, and we've we've talked about this a number of times on this podcast comedies are always hard for me because comedy is incredibly subjective right and other than the aforementioned napoleon dynamite you could argue one way or another for most comedies that whether you think they're funny or not and and i it's it's hard and especially as a comic as somebody who writes jokes and gets that like it might not hit for some people it'll probably you know as comics we try to write at least for my act i try to write jokes that as many people as possible will appreciate because that's how you get the most work. But I also get that there's a lot of comedy out there. That's not for everybody. And that's okay for me. I'm not. And, and, and Josh laid it out really well. I'm not a, an uncomfortable humor guy. I, I, I'm, I, that strikes right at like, like my, 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 like a nerve right near my heart where I'm like, Oh, like I want to turn the, there were so many times in this movie where I wanted to like, Fast forward or try because I get I get so uncomfortable for people, especially the scene in the in the newsroom with where you just knew like they were all they were all in like they had no idea. And it was just like, oh, my God, these poor fucking people. And knowing that somebody lost their job over this, it's just like that sucks. That's but it's also at the same time brilliant that he was able to create a character and so invest himself in that character that he sent he sent a fake CD to the people for that rodeo and they were still like a blank CD. Sorry, not fake, yeah. a blank CD. And they were still like, yeah, you can sing the national anthem. Sure. He like, he, that's amazing that he was able to pull that off. So, so for me, it's, it's really hard to, to judge comedy. That is, that is funny. Cause look, this was a funny, this was a funny movie. You can't take that away from anybody, but was it your kind of funny? That's, that's just contingent upon you. For me, a lot of it, a lot of it was just, was just so awkward that it was, it was hard for me, hard for me to watch. Now that said, I have, I saw this movie in the theater in 2006. I haven't seen it since. I, I n- never had any specific desire to see it again. I laughed my ass off in the theater. There were, there were scenes where the theater was laughing so loud, you missed whatever the punchline was. Uh-huh. And it was the, 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 the hotel naked wrestling scene. I almost threw up. I was laughing so hard when he put his ass in the, in his face and he was saying, yeah. eat my ass. Yeah. I was like painfully, painfully laughing. 
there i mean there is with that and 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 also some of the subtle jokes in this are really really good when he th- and i don't know why this one struck me but at one point he throws down his bag and you hear the chicken go yes like, oh my god yes. like that was just so like they like they accounted for that fucking chicken because like you get the chicken's like a joke in the beginning but then they just kind of let it go like all right it's not a joke anymore but then the fact that they pull it back <laughs> three back. quarters through the movie was just a and i guarantee you most people didn't even pick up why that was such a brilliant joke and and pulled off so well um but and again the planning of this movie is amazing the fact that and you know what i kev i bet there weren't that many situations where it didn't work because I, they apparently did so much planning ahead of time and scouting and, and making sure the people it was going to work out that I, I, I mean, the movie was put together brilliantly. Sasha Baron Cohen, without a doubt, brilliant. And, and you're right, Kev. Some of, like the second movie was not as obviously as good as this. Terrible. And, but the, the thing is he, he commits all the way. He goes, he's all the way in. And it's always, and it's, they say about like a good fighter, like, you know, a good fighter because they're willing to go. They, like they're, they attack. And that's and that's how they fight. If you're if you're going to pause, you're going to hesitate. And it's the same thing on co- as comedy on stage. If you pause or you hesitate, the audience picks it up and you lose them. Sasha Baron Cohen never hesitates. He goes all in every single time and it works or it doesn't work. He, he doesn't care because he's going all in. That's what's beautiful about this movie. But for me, where this movie dies off is that it's not really a it's not really a movie it's a bunch of skits thrown together there's no they, i mean they try to make the story that he needs to go across the country to find pam anderson but there's no real narrative through the movie it's a bunch of very very funny skits put together which is great to watch and it's it, without a doubt they're all very funny and each one and i forgot like all of the, like i forgot the whole thing with the dinner like that was amazing watching that dinner and just realizing that and the fact that he gets people to be so honest that rodeo scene where the guy was like shave your mustache because you look like a muslim yeah. like, and he just kept going like the guy just kept the guy dug his ditch and then he just kept digging and it's like wow you get he gets people to be so frighteningly honest that it's amazing but as a as a as a movie experience as a as a as you know going to see a movie to me is going to see a story that starts and has a middle and it completes itself this doesn't have that did it need it clearly not but for me that's probably why i never wanted to see it again because i saw it i got the jokes it was great i never did need to see it again and i watched it again and i laughed i didn't laugh as hard because you knew all the jokes already but there, but it wasn't. A, I wasn't like, oh, I want to walk that walk again. I want to go down that whole path with this guy again. So, so for me, the some of the comedy hits great. Some of it's a little too cringy for me. But I'm not saying it's not funny. That's just me. But where the movie falls off for me is that it doesn't have a long, like a, a whole narrative, a full narrative. And could he have done that with this character, with the, and with what he was trying to do? Probably not because mm-hmm. he needed to get all of these pieces in and he needed to sh- he needed to like really dig into the underbelly of all these little different little subcultures. But could it have just been a series that where, you know, every, you know, 15 minute short series where, you know, he, he put it out maybe, but it wouldn't have been as, su- as successful. So in the end, look, in the end for, for me, I'm, I'll probably never watch this movie again. There's, there's really no reason to, for me, I got all the jokes and I listen to people say, nice and king of the castle for so long <laughs> that it gives me a headache just to think about but again it's hard to judge comedy especially when it is funny even if it's not necessarily funny to you and that's something that i think a lot of people fall short when they go well it's, i don't think it's funny so it's not funny well fuck you you have a different opinion 
but funny is very subjective. And so, so it's, it's, again, this is, it's difficult for me to, to pull this movie apart without being aware of what comedy is and what Sasha Baron Cohen accomplished for this. So for me, this movie is a seven because the scenes are hysterical. It's very funny, but it's not really the, a movie experience that I want. And I agree with Kevin. There's, I haven't seen movie, many movies that get these kind of laughs, especially not lately, but I've seen movies that get laughs that do have a story that you're able to follow. So that kind of maybe offsets some of the inability to make the comedy because you're also trying to tie together a narrative. So again, for me, it's a seven. It's fucking hysterical. It's definitely timeless, but it's, it doesn't land a hundred percent for me. I, just, I hear you. I hear you. And I get it. It's, I, I think that the frequency of jokes that they have here are just, again, with comedies, I said before, I need a very bare bones plot for a comedy. Other stuff, I need a, I need the whole kit and caboodle. I need characters. You know that. We need the plot line. I want A, B, and C stores. This, I just need jokes. I want jokes. I just want to laugh. And this delivered in spades for me. That's humor wise. Humor wise. <laughs> let's find it. Let's hear a bunch of people who don't have a sense of humor. Critics, five star reviews. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. Borat is funny, spleen bursting funny, although you may catch yourself wondering, are these the kind of jokes that you should be laughing at? Mm-hmm. Did someone just fart or did I hear that? That was my stomach. And you heard that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> good mic. Good Dang. mic. Good ear. Yeah, good, good mic. <laughs> can, you, can, you, uh, can you isolate that noise and we can make it our ringtones? <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, oh, by the way, this does pass the remote test for me. Kevin, it does not sound like it passes the remote test for you. No, you know what? I actually, I think if it was on TV, I probably would sit down and watch some of it because there's, there is a, there are a lot of laughs, but you know what? In, in the sense of the full remote test, would I sit down and again, to your point, would I need to see the ending? Would I need to see it all the way through? Probably no. not. No. But if it was on, you know, it was in the first two thirds of the movie, I'd be like, oh, I need to see yeah. the, 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 him sitting down with the feminists or what I need to see that scene again. Offensive. Yes. But I haven't laughed this hard since the Mark, Bro- Marx brothers and Laurel and Hardy signed Cat Williams. Borat is the rare comedy that operates without a safety net. Cohen and director Larry Charles film provides constant laughter and surprises while daring the viewer to be rightfully offended. Although I knew it was dishonest, cynical, and the ultimate in cheap shot humor, I laughed more at Borat than any other film this year, so I guess the joke is on me. The backlash proves just how deep a nerve that the faux Kazakh journalist has hit. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. <laughs> In the tactics of Cohen, Charles, and their collaborators, there is a level of social insularity, sneering, and intellectual sadism that is positively disturbing. Mm-hmm. But everyone makes fun of hillbillies all the time, but now we're getting butthurt about that they were featured in a film for an hour and 20 minutes. Hypocritical. After a while, the gaggle of idiots, creeps, and stuffed shirts Borat comes in contact with becomes repetitive. Mm -hmm. A film that ignites the baser passions, satisfies the lowest common denominator, and makes sure it offends equally. That is the film's weakness and why it is a quick hit with no lasting value. 
Oh, really? <laughs> I think the box well? office, the box office <laughs> receipts in the sequel say otherwise, dummy. Baser passions are two words I've never put together in a sentence. Right. Is that ever going to get into the zeitgeist, Kevin? <laughs> Not mine. Nor mine. It's the male-oriented humor in this movie that goes right in the toilet, literally, and never recovers. The male-oriented humor? Male-oriented humor. The person they they missed the whole point of the movie and the yes. comedy. Then, if you <laughs> if you saw the picture of this reviewer, you would say that's exactly how I could see writing this review: an old crusty white woman, <laughs> candid camera crossed with jackass. Candidly, Cohen can be a politically incorrect laugh riot, but he's often just lewd and crude, comrade. What a strange end to that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Amazon five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. Gutting power. Hilarious movie. I found it so funny that I bought copies for both my sisters who also loved it. Parentheses, we are grandmas too. I can be going about my day when I think of a random scene in the movie and I begin to giggle out loud. Borat is perfect as he acts innocently and some of the funniest parts are the reactions of the people whom he encounters, such as the news station folks. One scene of the young college boys in the motorhome were offensive. Was offensive. However, it contained a perfect lesson in human relations. If a woman gives her body to a man, he won't call her back. Why? Because he doesn't respect her. No, he wants to have a different meal that day. Duh. <laughs> Spoken honestly by a, a drunk college boy and as true as can be. I give this movie a high five. P.S. <laughs> my husband can't understand why I laugh at this movie. And I can't understand why he doesn't. How about because he's dead? <laughs> I laughed so hard so many times that my abs actually got a bit of a workout. Is this is unbelievable and that doesn't happen as people yeah. who fall out of seats in the theater laughing so hard, Kevin? <laughs> Fuck you. If you have a good – that or you have Parkinson's disease. I can't think of another possible explanation. If you have a good sense of humor and are not easily offended, you will love this movie. Very disappointed, though, that the second Barat movie was political garbage without art or jokes. It's hard to believe with such a high-caliber actor – Went from top comedian to bottom feeder. Zing. You know what's funny about the second movie? I don't remember, other than the Rudy Giuliani bit, and that's mostly because it was in the news, I don't remember anything about that movie. Other than the girl was good. That she, did a really, she did a really good job. Two hilarious, I, yeah, two hilarious I, parts. Where he's going back and forth, faxing the, the, the head. Yeah, right, 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 anyway, right. Yep. Sup. And he faxes back. <laughs> Sup with you. And there's a whole exchange, like a text conversation, but over facts. I thought it was hilarious. And the debutante ball was funny too. And he lost. Oh, the- right. When she, yeah, when she, <laughs> yeah. And he takes her to the, get a dress and he's talking about watching her get undressed and all that. That was pretty funny. That last half, though, it really falls off hard. Uh, next one. I love this movie when I saw it in the theaters and I was trying to think of a movie to show my parents for movie night at my place. But this would be the perfect movie to show my 80 year old parents. I had them over for dinner, lowered my 100-inch screen, also from Amazon, fired up the projector, and we watched Borat. My parents loved it and thought he was hysterical. 
LOL. Definitely not for the faint of heart in some scenes. My dad. They actually showed this in a theater. LOL. Did this asshole. Here we go, Kevin. Yet again, does it, do these assholes always have the need to mention how large their TV is? Did he, you know what he forgot to add? Did he take a shit on his Toto toilet with two ply toilet paper to wipe his beehole to show how rich he is? <laughs> Oh, God. I think that entire review just that didn't happen. Yeah. This that brings so much. It is it's insanely ridiculous. I, it, you've taken the time to write a review on Amazon to tell people how big your telly is. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> wait, till you get, yep. wait till we get those one star reviews. Hold on. Two more here. This movie brings so much fun. And yes, it is very stupid, but it is a movie. So just take away the fun. Also an international student. The movie reminds me about my polite, lovely and kind American friends, too. I don't give a poop to politics or my country's government or those stupid news. I believe in what I've experienced in the United States. I'm thankful for my journey in the U.S. And I really don't know how to use my words to express my appreciation and gratefulness to my American friends, my classmates, my professors, friends from church, just love them <laughs> i guess amazon's a new pen pal here folks <laughs> fuck my 25 year old son gives this five stars and keeps wanting to rewatch it i didn't think it was that funny probably a generational gap thing so okay you've been warned five stars <laughs> and the best one of this review all other countries have inferior potassium <laughs> well done thank you <laughs> amazon one star reviews 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 this is clearly a hit piece on republicans from start to finish shame sasha had to get political dude really used to be funny but this is just a poorly acted anti-Republican film that's an attempt to make them look bad. Much funnier when you mess with everyone and not be so one-sided, Sasha. Who paid you to make this trash? Signed, James Carville. (laughs) Who paid you to make this trash? The studios, you fucking moron. Yeah, this definitely wasn't one-sided. This utterly... It's not a hit piece on Republicans, is it? It's like no, no, no. Twenty bucks says he meant to write it for the second film and not this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. This utterly false and dishonest narrative on Kazakhstan culture and life is not only insulting to them. Moreover, the film makes fun of innocent bystanders who are non-actors. I tossed it twice, twice. What did you pull out of the trash again and tomahawk it like Hakeem Olajuwon and NBA Jam? Tossed it twice. Sign the, sign the Uzbekistan diplomat. Uzbekistan, <laughs> fuck you. That always cracks me up, too. Every time I walk by the Uzbekistan building in the city, I go, ah, Uzbekistan, fuck you. This should be banned. Very provocative and disgraceful movie about Kazakh nation, humanity, and women. This movie is not funny. This, produ- <laughs> this is produced under low-grade and taste Jewish Armenian partnership. I'm pausing for effect. <laughs> The most stupid movie I have ever seen. These guys are Romanians, and they show them as Kazakhs. Aha! Someone else did his homework yeah. here, or her homework. You it wasn't s- just Josh. Clever girl. <laughs> Kevin Israel, did Josh gut the sacred cow? Josh, you made a lot of really good points, and I agreed with a lot of them. The problem is, like I said, I, have, I just have a real problem 
dissecting comedy, yeah. uh, especially comedy like this. That is, it's funny. It's, you know, it might not be your kind of funny, but it's a lot of people's funny. So I think, I think one of the only comedies we've done where I, I was like, this was gut was Napoleon dynamite. Everything mm-hmm. else is really hard for me. And while I do agree with a lot of what you said, and for me, this isn't a 10 comedy. It's, it's just, it's just too hard. So I don't think you got it, but I think you made a lot of great points. I don't think you got, I don't think you got it because you gave it a five. If you got it, you'd say two or three. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And you laughed. You listen, yeah. and you listen, you laugh too. And that's fine. I agree with Kevin, but yeah, it's, and again, it's not for you. I get it. And you make, you make some pretty cogent points. I completely yeah. agree with those. No problem with that. Just uh, this cow is uh, still alive and kicking hate. It had Omicron <laughs> and it survived because that cow's vaccinated, I guess. What can I tell you? This cow <laughs> is going home to make out with his sister, the best horn hound. Yeah. Number three prostitute in Kazakhstan. <laughs> Josh, you were a treat. Thanks so much. Tell the fine Thank folks you what you're much. up to. Oh, absolutely. Tell the fine folks what you're up to again, where we can find you, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so we release an episode every Tuesday, talk about all your favorite underseen, underappreciated, underrated films. Feel free to get in touch. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at uh, Just Films and That. We're on TikTok as well, because we're down with the kids. Uh, yeah, <laughs> every every Tuesday, yeah, get in touch. We, we uh, Hopefully we'll do a film that you think is underrated. The whole idea is that everyone has a film that they think is underrated or underappreciated and ultimately it doesn't matter if it's a really well-reviewed film, you can still say you think it's underrated, you know? It's a little I've bit got like- one right. I got one right now. I'll come in your podcast and do you. Ready? Go on. Go on. The Founder. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good film. I did, but that one thing, didn't that No, mean- no, that is my problem. It got, it got completely shut out for nominations. I'm gonna, I saw it in the theater. The reviews were great. I'm like, all right, Michael Keaton can't go wrong. It's a good, good story. I walked out going, he's winning the whole thing. Mm. Actor, and this should win Best Picture. But, of course, some bullshit one instead. The Founder is one of the best films that no one has seen in the last five years. I got show. one. Go ahead. Graph Day. <laughs> what's it called draft day kevin costner i, I, I love draft day it's it's what it's one big bag of that doesn't fucking happen i know but, but, I just, but i'm on I, the right every time i'm on the right I, 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 I will watch that that for me is an ultimate remote test movie because <laughs> oh, if yeah. it's on i just can't not and it and it it escalates so fast see it might not it, the movie wouldn't make any sense to folks across the pond unless you happen to be into american football because it's all about really the inner workings of how mm. american and the nfl drafts players but money ball no, well, different than no, that no. money money ball is the science behind getting players uh, on the team but the right. nfl draft is like is it's it's damn near a holiday now it's probably yeah. one of the biggest events watched that's an actual not event of sports everyone i mean the people the draft's a month away and people have been forecasting the draft for months uh, me yeah, included as a Giants fan. Yeah, it's 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 a and it's Kevin Costner, so and I love Kevin Costner. But <laughs> the Kevin, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. Kevin. exactly. Kevin's Somebody at the stick Ke- together. Hey. You know, it is. Three Kevins can't be wrong. <laughs> feels like feels like Kevin. Um, <laughs> we have a similar thing to draft day. We, uh, we're called transfer deadline day, which is football or soccer to you right. guys, which is like the same. And it's just like a celebration of how much fucking money is pumped into the sport and who's going where and all that right. sort of stuff. So, right, yeah. you get to see these kids go from being, you know, broke. The college students, <laughs> yeah. so suddenly they're multimillionaires in five minutes. <laughs> and how fast something as dumb as, you know, get nailed for some dumb shit like weed yep. drops you out of that top tier. And yep. you're not, you're, you become a, instead of a first round pick, you're a fourth round pick and you're not, you're not getting guaranteed 25. Right. But the number one quarterback 
in the draft isn't suddenly dropping down to whatever that guy dropped down to because they found out nobody went to his birthday party. Like yeah. That that doesn't happen. <laughs> anyway, sorry. In the film. <laughs> yeah, it does happen yeah, in the, the film. film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not a team player, huh? Yeah, you know what? And I think I think you would be able to appreciate it just because the way it's laid, it's very it's very accessible to understand. But it's 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 a really fun movie. It's not a great movie, but it's a very fun and I think underrated movie. And it's about if you've got affection for it, isn't it? If you've got affection for a film, then you will defend it. Like we, I always have a running argument with that with my co-host Alice um, because she loves Grease too. Oh, and she will, oh, you know. And, and first of all, Grease One was an egregious piece of shit done in this very yeah. podcast, and I will never subject myself to Grease Two. That Grease I promise. Two is, and I've seen but it. She loves it's it. Bad, you know. Yeah. And, it's, and ultimately, that's her opinion. That's fine. Sure. No, you know? I get you. It's a wrong yeah, so opinion, that's, but that's, it's an opinion. Yeah. Your opinion's incorrect, but you know. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> everyone's Napole- entitled to an incorrect opinion. Napoleon Dynamite in Grease Two. Alice is not off to a good start in my book. That's no, for sure. Alice, Alice isn't my partner. My partner's someone else. Oh, okay. Uh, Alice, uh, yeah, Alice is my co-host of the podcast. I see, I see. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm, so- I'm juxtaposing the two. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. She's my partner in some sense, in like a podcast way. All right. Um, but her husband would probably have something to say about the other stuff. Well, I mean, um, that's how you guys swing over there in Merry Old England. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Keys in a bowl. We all mash bad Key teeth. Key party. <laughs> just, just mashing bad teeth together. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're a good old time, Josh. We could have a beer together. Thank you very much. Throw some Thanks. darts and talk about how boring soccer is. Thanks again for coming <laughs> to our podcast. I had to throw the notes. Very welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it, folks. We'll see you next time. Take care. Later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.